This is Novel Marketing, the show for novelists who aren't necessarily fond of marketing, but still want to become best-selling authors. Episode 148. I'm James L. Rubart, but you can call me Jim. I'm Thomas Umstead, Jr. And I'm Lacey Williams. And in this episode, we're going to talk to you guys about how to get libraries all over the country to buy your indie books. Now, one of the best markets available to sell your novels is one of the most overlooked, and that is libraries. So we're going to talk about how to sell your books into that market in ways that can be highly profitable to you. You might be surprised how profitable selling your books into libraries can be. And to help us with that is our great friend, best-selling author of over 30 novels, amazing entrepreneur, mom, wife, and like I said, a great friend of ours, Lacey Williams. Lacey, welcome back to the Novel Marketing Podcast. Thank you guys for having me back. I'm always happy to chat about indie books and always happy to chat with you guys. And Lacey, are we okay to reveal this for the first time in public? I don't know if you've revealed this or not, but how Lacey accomplishes all, the, I mean, seriously, the amazing amount of uh, things she accomplishes, plus loving her husband and kids. You, are you comfortable with us telling folks that you've cloned yourself? Is that is that okay? Or <laughs> Uh, yes, actually, I think that secret got revealed a couple years ago at a conference. But uh, yes, that's the truth. Okay. All right. <laughs> Very good. And if people want to email you after the show and say, how do I clone myself? You're okay with that as well? Is that? Oh, sure. You know, definitely. Just have them email me at your email address, Jim. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> there so you let's, go. Let's, uh, let's talk about why. Why is it important for indie authors to be in libraries? Doesn't that just cannibalize the sales of their books on Amazon? Well, as someone who is an avid reader um, and has been a library patron since I was a very young kid, um, I will tell you, no, it does not cannibalize your sales. Um, so libraries, uh, let me back up a tiny bit. Indie authors have a lot of different marketing strategies at their fingertips, and uh, you definitely want to try the ones that can be that can be really effective. Some of those other ones, you know, are a discount on a first book in the series or things like that. That's how I look at having my books out in libraries. It's another way for readers to find you and to find your books. Um, and if you are, have been into a library, you know that a lot of times books are checked out or the library may only have one out of a series or, you know, maybe it's the only one that's there is the third book in the series. And if a reader loves your work and they're really impatient, they will go out and buy the other books or they may go up to the desk and request that the librarian, hey, we need another copy of this book. That's in person. And there's actually some of that functionality on the ebook side for the library market as well to be able to do those same exact things. Um, and so I definitely do not think it cannibalizes sales. And I've actually had people email me who have found me through a library promotion and they said, I got to go back and read all your books now, which is just really humbling and flattering and exciting. Um, so this is a market that indies want to be in. Well, I've heard that um, statistic, I read the statistic, might have it wrong. This is a number of years ago, but that if somebody checks out a book, they try you in a library, odds are 50%, 50% of those readers will actually go out and buy a physical book. So you're anecdotally saying, yes, that that probably happens. Wow, I love. I would love it if that would be true. Um, I I do have some data from this most recent promotion that actually happened during the month of July um, that does show that I am getting sales after this and during the promotion has been going on. So yes. Okay, 
Um, so let's get into it. How do how how does it happen? How do indies get um, their books into libraries? You mentioned this company called Overdrive. So what what is Overdrive, and how does it work? Absolutely. Um, so when you think about eBooks, we know that one of the really big players is Amazon. And when you think about the library market, really one of the big players out there is a company called Overdrive. Um, they are actually international. They say that they have over 40,000 libraries and it's libraries and schools that are a part of their program with digital uh, media. And um, they actually this year in 2018 celebrated I think it was over their billionth uh, lend out to a, a reader, regular old reader, uh, on their billionth book um, this year. So that's really, you know, those are exciting numbers out there. There are other players in the library market that you can get to, uh, but Overdrive is really the biggest one. And so that's the one where I have spent most of my time focusing. If you are interested in the other players, um, some really good resources are to look at um, Draft to Digital, which is a um, indie book distributor. So you publish your books with them and they can get you into some of the other libraries markets. And then there are also some available through Smashwords, um, which is another distributor. Uh, I think you can get into some of the other smaller um, library markets on your own, but it's going to be a lot of work and a lot more uploading. And so going through a distributor for those uh, is probably going to be your best bet. Okay. Um, so walk us through how Overdrive, how the actual process works. Sure. So as the indie author, you are acting as the publisher. And um, in a minute, I'm going to tell you there are a couple of ways to get your books onto Overdrive, a couple of different ways that you can do it. But you're publishing your book with Overdrive. So you're, um, you know, getting the files to them, the ebook files, the cover art files, and all of the metadata, all of the book information, um, you're going to provide it to them. And then Overdrive hosts all that data and libraries have access to it. Now, just because it's on Overdrive doesn't necessarily mean that the libraries are purchasing it, but it is out there and available for them to purchase. When you have a library purchase it, the library then um, allows that ebook or audiobook or other digital media to be loaned out to all of their different patrons. Um, and the way that it works is it's a um, one license, one user. Uh, platform. So if the library buys one copy of your ebook, only one person can um, access that at any time. So they do they do keep a waiting list just like you would do for a physical copy of a book. So if more than one person is interested in your book, they don't just have to turn away and say, oh man, I didn't get my book, but they can sign up to be on the waiting list and then it just downloads to your device when that person turns it back in. Um, the other really cool thing is that libraries can buy more than one copy. So if you're a really, really famous author like a James Patterson or a Stephanie Meyer or all the, you know, really um, authors that people would really know who you are, libraries will often buy 30 copies of your book. Um, and even for somebody who's a mid-list author like I am, um, I do have libraries that buy multiple copies of my books, which is just a really, really nice feeling. And knowing that more, more than one reader can get them at a time. Um, and uh, so the ways that an indie author can get onto Overdrive, you can publish through, through draft to digital you can publish through Smashwords. You can also get there if you publish directly with Kobo, um, Kobo's Writing Life platform. Theirs is really easy to use. Um, if you can do an Amazon upload, you can do the Kobo upload as well. 
Um, you can also go directly to Overdrive. So they have a publisher platform um, and it is a little bit more difficult to get into. There's a process where you have to submit how many titles that you have, how many titles you have forthcoming, um, and a little bit more information about yourself to get into that. Um, it is more difficult to get into, uh, and they're the back end of their platform where you upload is a little bit more difficult as well. So if you're not very technological um, kind of person, I would highly recommend that you go through Kobo or draft to digital um, to upload your books. And each of those places that you publish with, they're going to have a slightly different payment structure. They're all very, very close to 50% of uh, on your royalty. So whatever you charge for the library price you're going to make about 50%. So you want to look at the website and the terms of service for, you know, wherever you're publishing with to make sure you know what you're going to make on that. But they're all very close. So there's not, uh, well, we can talk about reasons why you would want one over the other here in a minute. Okay. But so once I, once I set this up, once I either have somebody do this for me and I figure out how to do it myself, or I do it through Kobo or Smashwords, draft to digital, I get it on overdrive. What makes the libraries go ahead and order the book. How can I influence that part of the equation? Sure. One of the best ways that you can do it is to get your readers involved. Um, so there's a functionality uh, within OverDrive, within any library that is connected to OverDrive, where if a book is not in that library's catalog, uh, the reader can go in and request that it be purchased. And it's really simple. It's basically looking up the book and then publishing, I mean, pushing a little button that says, buy this book. Or I recommend this book to my library. Um, so it's really easy for the reader to do a recommendation like that. Um, I actually uh, did kind of a promotion with my newsletter list earlier this year and asked readers to recommend my books to their libraries. And I had quite a few readers email me back and say, I love Overdrive. I love my library. I'm on there all the time. And I didn't know that I could do this. Thank you for helping me, you know, be able to be able to understand this a little bit better. So what I did was I actually made a page on my website with really easy instructions um, that tell the reader exactly how to do this. And then I just send my readers to that web page on how to do it. The really fun thing was I already had a bunch of readers, excuse me, a bunch of readers who had made recommendations. And this was just an opportunity for them to tell me, hey, I've already done this. I already love your books and I already recommended them to my library. Uh, so that was really fun as well. Uh, another way that you can sell books to libraries is just making connections with librarians. So if you know the buyer who works for your local library, you can go out to that person and say, hey, I don't know if you're aware, my books are available through OverDrive. You know, here's a list of my books. Here's the list of the ISBNs. Now that process would be a little more time consuming if you're trying to make, um, you know, any kind of sales uh, in any number. Uh, the other thing you can do, if you publish directly through OverDrive, they have an internal system where they notify you of um, promotions that are upcoming and you can submit books in your catalog to those promotions. So you do have to be exclusive or you have to be direct with OverDrive to be to have those promotions available to you and you have to be aware of them. So you would want to log on to the system and look at the little news feature at least once a month um, and see what's upcoming, see if you have any titles that fit that promotion and then apply for the promotion. But for me, that has been the one that has really made the biggest difference for me this year. So I found out about um, a promotion. I submitted some titles 
festivals and I got accepted for it. And my book ended up being featured on all the libraries um, that Overdrive, you know, is attached to. And it was the main featured book for two weeks in July. And I got a ton of reader email about it. I got a ton of people added to my newsletter list and a ton of people requesting other books in that series. Um, And I would never have found out about that if I wasn't direct with Overdrive and I wasn't checking the news feature. And I will say, getting your readers to request the book in their libraries is incredibly powerful. I remember when I discovered the power of this in college. I was a college student, and uh, this is often overlooked, but every university has a library, and these libraries don't have that many users, right? A lot of universities are small, and how many college students actually go to the library? How many of them actually request a book? And I realized that I could get pretty much any book I wanted for free. I just had to log in with my student ID into the library, and they would buy a copy for me. And that was really all there was to it. It's really straightforward. And if you have college students that are readers or really any um, library system, they really do look at that. Their librarians have to order you know, thousands of books every year. And they where they go first is what their actual members are requesting. And that's a really, really powerful thing. And Lacey, I'm going to put, if that's okay with you, a link to your instructions on how to add a book in the show notes. If people want to see the instructions, the sample instructions you gave your readers, um, we'll have a link to that on your website. Absolutely. I would love that. Um, And as an indie author, you bring up a really, really great point, Thomas, because a lot of times as an indie author, we find it hard to get past the gatekeepers, uh, people who, you know, they're not sure if our book is good enough to be on their library shelves or not. But if we have readers making that recommendation, a lot of times they will buy, and that's a way to get past that level. Um, so really, really great thing when your readers are, can get behind your books. You know, Lacey, let's talk about the profitability for uh, a minute. In other words, how much can indie authors make per book? And something that struck me when you and I were and Thomas were talking about this subject a couple of weeks ago is you, you mentioned a price that the library w- would pay for an audiobook, and I kind of swallowed hard, and I thought, you got to be kidding me. They're paying that much. So talk to us about the money that's available, say, for an audiobook and the ebooks. Um, just just give us some no- hard numbers. Absolutely. So um, think for a minute about the physical side of it versus the digital side of it. If a library buys an ebook or a disc, a CD of an audiobook for their collection, and they rent it out multiple times, um, it will eventually get to the point where you wouldn't be able to use it anymore. If it's a paperback, you know, the jacket might be falling off or the pages might be missing, especially if it's a popular one. But that doesn't happen with eBooks. And so what traditional publishers in this field have done is they price their book three to the ebook or the audiobook three to four times higher than what the retail price is to you know as if it was being sold on amazon or ibooks or barnes and noble wait so time out time out so you're saying that if your book your ebook sells for ten dollars on amazon the library if you're traditionally published the library is buying it for 30 or 50 dollars is the author getting extra money from that 30 or 50 dollars if they're traditionally published Uh, no absolutely (laughs) well okay it would depend on your contract. On um, all of the contracts that I have had, um, it gives you a flat rate for an ebook, and it's based off of the retail price, not the library price. Um, so I try really wow. hard not to think about that, Thomas. Wow. Because, um, <laughs> I got to go. I got to yeah, go. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> wow. Um, okay. No. 
But for indie authors, it's a really, really good um, opportunity because even if you get a handful of sales, the money is there for it. As an indie author, I am publishing these books to overdrive at three times my retail price. And the libraries are buying at that price. Um, they're not scared of it. And the reason why is because they're going to rent out that book multiple times, the ebook multiple times, the audiobook multiple times. Um, and so it's kind of a normal thing for them and don't be scared of pricing your book higher again, you know, just like you would for a retail place, you can look at it. And if you're not doing as well as you want, you could bring the price down a little bit. Um, the other thing is some of the promotions that overdrive does internally that you can get into are discount promotions. So you might be pricing your book that high, but you might do a sale within overdrive where your book is discounted 25% for one month. And even at 25% off of that, uh, it's still a really, really nice royalty to add to your bank account. Wow. That, that is big. So all of a sudden it makes, because a lot of things you're describing, you boy, these seem time intensive. And they are in a respect, but my gosh, if I'm getting two or three times the amount of money I can get going retail or selling, um, you know, directly to readers at conferences and that kind of thing, suddenly it becomes worth my time. Exactly. When I make one sale to overdrive, I will get the same amount as if I made three sales on Amazon. Okay. With that in mind, everyone right now that's listening is <laughs> saying, I got to do this. <laughs> what really is, cool. is there, is there criteria? Is there special criteria for getting into overdrive? You touched on that a little bit earlier, but how, what do they look for before? In other words, can somebody just write one book and I'm in or, or do they look for more of a track record? How does that part work? Sure. To publish directly to Overdrive, they are looking for a catalog that has um, at least 15 to 20 titles in it and that you are publishing regularly. So they want to know that you have future books that you're going to be adding to it. Part of the reason why is um, that back end side of things where you're having to upload the books. It's more intensive on their side and on the author side for them like to, to run through the process because of the way that they have the system set up. Um, so they want to know that you're an active publisher. Um, if you had a smaller catalog, what my recommendation would be is to start out on like Kobo or draft to digital get your readers involved, start selling books. And when you started to have a really good uh, amount of sales going through and maybe your catalog is growing, then I would reach out to Overdrive directly and say, hey, I know you have, you know, there's benefits to me to be publishing with you directly. And here's my sales record and here's my catalog and here's what I have coming up. You know, please consider me for direct publishing to Overdrive. So, you know, you can get into it no matter how small your catalog is. But as you grow, I would definitely look at doing it directly. Wow. Okay. So somebody even like, say, say, for example, myself, I have not, I only have nine novels out, but those have been best selling and I've won some major awards for those, those kind of things. They would look at that and say, so you can present your case to Overdrive, I'm assuming. Exactly. Yes. And especially uh, if you have a a background in traditional and now you're indie or maybe now you're hybrid, um, I would uh, show them your catalog of existing books. So they know that you're not just, you know, uh, a random person trying to get into their platform. Um, there's actually a website out there, WorldCat, worldcat.org, um, is uh, a 
catalog of all kinds of libraries and all of their holdings. And there's a page within WorldCat that you can get to that shows all of your library holdings. Um, so for you, Jim, you know, with all of your traditional books, you may have several thousand copies sold to libraries. You could definitely show that to Overdrive and say, hey, you know, I've got this track record of sales. I think, you know, libraries will buy my books once they get onto Overdrive and they will consider that as well. Okay. Okay. Lacey, anything else um, before we let you go? This is, um, I think you've caused a lot of people's heads to start spinning in a really good way. <laughs> anything else that uh, off the top of your head that people need to consider when going down this path? Um, I would just, I think you still have to have the same considerations in play when you're selling books on retail sites. You need to have an excellent cover. You need to have your uh, book description, your book blurb. It has to be really, really strong to stand out because in this market, okay, so it is a little bit smaller of a market for indies. You think about Amazon and, you know, how many millions of books do they have out there? What are we at? Seven or eight million now that are listed out on Amazon. The library market is a lot smaller, not a lot of indies. Indies are breaking into this market yet because it is a little bit harder to get into. And a lot of them don't know about, uh, you know, the, the pricing information and the royalty structure. So really, your main competitors in this market are traditional publishers. And your cover has to stand up to that. And your blurb has to stand up to that. It has to be a professional book. So that I would still, you know, you have to have those same considerations uh, that you would for the retail side. It's a great market to get into. And, you know, it may start out small, but the more that you grow it, the better it's going to do for you. Lacey, one quick question before you go. So for the author who's wanting to have their cake and eat it too and sell books to people who are checking their books out from the library, do you have any tricks on how to maximize book sales to your library patrons? Sure. So in all my books, even on the books that are on Overdrive, I always have um, a little extra bonus for readers to entice them to join my personal newsletter. So, you know, it might be a short story. It might be a free ebook. It depends on which book series it's in. So within those ebooks, I invite them to join my personal newsletter uh, check out my other books. So in the back of the book, I always have a book list that shows all of my other titles. Um, and that way, you know, as far as just within the library system, they can go on and say, "Ooh, I need to read this other book. It's not in the catalog, but let me go and recommend it to this library. But the newsletter thing is really still a big deal about drawing readers to you so that you can let them know, hey, I have a new book out for the library. Go on and recommend this one this time. Um, and you definitely want to take advantage of that as well, just like you would on a retail site. See, everything we've been saying about email newsletters is so true, even if you're in libraries. <laughs> and, and what we've been talking about, short stories as lead magnets. You know, you put a short story, mention a, a free short story that they can get if they join your newsletter at the end of your library book. And suddenly people who are checking your book out from the library or downloading your short story. They're on your email list. Now they're either buying your latest book from Amazon directly or they're requesting that their Amazon, that their library buys it for three times the price. So it, however you do it, you win as long as you can get them on your email list. That's really powerful. Yes. Okay, Thomas, who is our featured patron um, that we want to highlight this week? Yeah, our featured patron this week is You're the Cream in My Coffee by Jennifer Lamont Leo. In 1928, small town woman Majorie Corrigan uh, thinks she's... Uh, thinks she sees her first love believed killed in the great war alive and well in a Chicago train station 
Although the stranger insists he's not the one who she thinks he is, Majory becomes obsessed with finding out the truth. This book is a Carol Awards winner, a Grace Awards winner, and a nominee for the Sela Awards. So, Jennifer, thank you so much for becoming a patron of the Novel Marketing Podcast. And if you would like to become a patron of the Novel Marketing Podcast, get your book featured on this show and get our special patrons-only podcast episodes, go to patreon.com forward slash novel marketing. And our sponsor this week is My Book Table. Do you want to quickly and easily build an online bookstore? We're talking about selling books here, right? Do you want to do it easily on your WordPress website? Easy. You can use it to rank number one on Google for your book and books, and it will also boost your book sales on sites like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, etc. And the best uh, part about it is the cost. Very low cost. It is free. Yes, get it free at mybooktable.com. Novel marketing patrons save 20 5% on the pro version of my book table. Again, just go to mybooktable.com and you'll get all the info. Uh, Lacey, where can our listeners find out more about you? Um, go to my website, www.laceywilliams.net. I do have some freebies if you join my newsletter list through the website um, and a VIP page once you have done that. And you can also find a list of all my books and actually a special website only book that I have out right now. And I encourage all of you to follow Lacey because she's doing it right. If you want an example, like you hear us talk about things in theory, uh, there's a reason why we have Lacey back on the show over and over again. And it's because she's a perfect example of how to do it right. So even if you're not interested in her style of fiction, it's worth it to sign up for her list just to see how she promotes it online. Because uh, Lacey, I have, a, I have a lot of respect for how, how you are playing the game. You you play at a high level. You're like a pro, <laughs> pro indie player. <laughs> well, All I star. have been she, listening she's... to the novel marketing <laughs> podcast for a long time <laughs> all right this has been the novel marketing podcast with james l rubart thomas umstadt jr and Lacey williams giving you novel ideas on how to promote yourself and your writing offline online and everywhere in between thanks for listening